Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the bi-weekly podcast where we take an in-depth look at one narrative or story-focused game and give our thoughts about them. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week, we are back at it with Life is Strange 2, Episode 1. Yeah! What's up? Yes. Yes, we're back in the Life is Strange seat. That's yes. wonderful. Just... I'm now committed to this voice. I yes. really hope you don't stop doing it for the whole podcast. I hope you talk about the really powerful scenes and use that exact voice the whole time. You got it. Good. Um, so, Wow, two words later and you quit. All right, that's fine. No, commitment's not a thing. <laughs> Fucking millennials, man. It's the end of the joke. There's no more. You can, it's dry. It's dry. I know. Um, I know. We're going to play Life is Strange 2 episode by episode here. Uh, it was again made by Don't Nod, right? That's yeah. how you say it. Don't that nod. That is how you say it. Yeah, see the word Sweet. don't and then the word nod. When you put them together, you pronounce it don't nod. I thought it was dot nod. Mm. Uh, it was released September 27th, 2018. $8 for each episode or $40 for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Pass. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll get those five episodes in. I'm really we'll excited it. for this. Um, we got a question, which we'll get to towards the end of the episode. If mm-hmm. you want to play along with us, I we we would more than welcome it. We're excited to get. Excuse me. We're wow. excited to get so into this excited. game from the. Oh, <laughs> I drank a lot of bubbly water. Okay, <laughs> we're excited to get into this game from the ground up. You know, the first life is strange. We kind of like knew what was happening. Uh, but this one, new, fresh perspective. We're playing it on the date. I'm ready for it. I'm so excited yeah. for it. It should be good. Um, I do want to say um, off the bat, obviously, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. So if you haven't mm-hmm. played the game yet and you have an interest in it, feel free to pause and come back later after you've played it. It's relatively short, only about three hours. So more or less what we'd expect from a Life is Strange episode. Yes. Um, we are going to be doing the format where we kind of walk through scene by scene and talk about each scene a little bit and then answer some maybe larger questions at the end. Um, I will also say that, incredibly disappointingly, Don't Nod did not take our suggestion that Life is Strange 2 should take place in an old folks' home, which I will never let go of because I think it was the best suggestion we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah. Um, And instead follows the story of two brothers as they go on a long trip that we'll get into. Wow. What a good summary. Well, I didn't uh, want to give it away. I, think, I was like, man, what if you know, somebody you hasn't speak, paused yet, you know? You speak of spoilers here, and before, you know, you continue, we are going to be talking about this story pretty chronologically. So, like, hear us out on the kind of, like, beginning of this, because I wasn't as interested until I played maybe, like, the first 45 minutes of this game. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be pretty dope. So... Mm. Without also, further ado, yes. No, with a little bit more further ado, with just like one more ado, uh, we will in all likelihood be comparing this game to the previous Life is Strange, um, both before the storm and the season one. We, I will try and keep it pretty spoiler free for those in case anybody is coming into this fresh because the connections between the two are pretty loose. You know, it just takes place in the same universe as far as we can tell so far. Um, but just a heads up that if you haven't played those games yet, just you know, be on the lookout. We'll try and not spoil them, but we may have to for direct comparison's sake. Adieu? adieu. Yes. Oh, yes. Adieu? Ah, adieu. I get it now. Adieu. Of course. Okay. I don't know what that actually means. Do you? It's French. All right. French. <laughs> Is that helpful? <laughs> yeah. 
that's really helpful. I'll be Good. sure to look up French when I am done with this podcast. Uh, so we play as a teen. I believe he's a senior in high school named Sean Diaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives at home with his brother Daniel Diaz and his dad Esteban, but you can call him dad. Uh, he's walking. He's walking. I won't. Thanks. <laughs> he, well, he's the dad of dads. Uh, he's you're walking home with your friend uh, Lila, and you kind of uh, pass by your neighbor, who's an asshole. His name's Brett. He's like, you fucking lovebirds walking home. But Lila is your best friend, mm-hmm. BFF. Um, mm-hmm. We will kind of see going forward here that this game heavily plays uh, with, um, you know, race and everything like that. So it's kind of important to know as you go forward that uh, I cleared probably Sean, Daniel, and his dad are uh, Latinx and Lila is a um, is Asian and. Mm-hmm they they kind of call themselves in a duo of like the what was it's the what mexican and the dirty asian girl like I they're like ironic names for themselves any idea what you're talking about right you now you don't that, oh. that that doesn't come up in the normal conversation if you chose the options i did that's weird <laughs> it came with up with me in like two texts where they like call them they're like they're like hey we're like the funny like they're the this is really bad. Man, I, this, this I want to back so up. poorly. On you. No, I, I, I didn't read up. all of the text that closely because I tried to read them all at once and then started skimming. So that that fits in with their type of friendship. But I did not. I don't know yeah. offhand what that is. So just that's just kind of your general setup. And you, um, you, know, you go home and you are getting ready for a party that's going to happen in the woods. Uh, Lila wants you to get some supplies for the party. She's, he wants you to get some money, some munchies, because there's going to be weed smoking, um, the a condom, because, you know, you got a crush that's coming there, mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty much it. That's what you want to bring to this party, and you uh, kind of get introduced to dad character, and you want to ask him for some money, and uh, he does, he supplies you with that money because you... You know, I think he gives it to you because, well, for at least me, he gave it to me because I was honest with him. He's happy with my honesty that I told him I was going to buy alcohol and weed. Which is yeah. like, what a cool dad. I, I get the impression that he would give you a different amount of money. Like, he would give you less money if you said you weren't going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you uh, Skype with your uh, your best friend to talk about getting ready for the party again. And your little brother runs in, and he's like playing with this blood. And he's like, "Let me show Lila." Fake blood. This fake blood. Oh yeah, fake blood. Because he's a zombie <laughs> Can't for stress Halloween. Stress that enough. Yeah, he's gonna be a zombie for Halloween. Fake blood. Uh, and you are kind of you know that that older brother mentality where you're like, "Ugh, get out of here, you little fucking freak, annoying man, boy." And uh, you kick him out. But then he goes to play outside with it. And you hear him getting in a little bit of a tussle. Uh, so you walk outside, and there is, um, you know, your your little brother and Brett, the kid who called you and Lila lovebirds and kind of teased you uh, pretty pretty po- 
bad. In like and, a shitty way though, not like, like a, a really oh you two like, lovebird, more than like a you guys are gonna go fuck that sort of thing. And yeah, like, just being a douche about it. Right, and uh, your little brother Daniel got blood on Brett's shirt, and Brett's pretty pissed off. And you can either at this point is your first kind of choice in the game here is like talk to Daniel, be like, what did you do? Uh, and kind of like put the blame on him or you can confront Brett who is like saying some real racist shit about like going back home to your like, you know, to your country and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to tell on you and get you all deported and like just yeah. a real piece of work. So Alex, what did you do? I confronted Brett because he was a real piece of work. Yeah, yeah, you and 80 other percent of people. <laughs> yeah. I misinterpreted misinterpreted question Daniel, and I thought it was like, hey, Daniel, what happened? Like, tell me more about what happened in this situation. But I questioned him, and and Sean is like, what the fuck are you doing? You need to go back into the garage, you idiot. And he's like being really mean. I'm like, that's not how I wanted that one to work. <laughs> but there's no rewind, so guess I'm living this horror out. And um, either way, you get in a fight with him, and um, you're he kind of shoves, you shove, and he lands on a rock. Yeah, and like it falls down fucking, and hits the back of his head on a rock. Yeah, real pretty sharp looking rock. And he's coughing doesn't look too good and a police officer comes on scene and uh is yeah. kind and of we poorly... should be clear for yes. people who maybe didn't play uh, coughing doesn't look too good is a correct description but he's also like kind of seizing so it's not like oh man he's in pain it's like he is like having oh, yeah, a yeah. seizure and you're you kind of like run over to try and at least assess the situation because you didn't want to just kill somebody on accident right right um and so this cop's kind of, in my opinion, handling this pretty poorly. And I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, like, pointing. He takes this gun out. He points it at the kids. And the kids are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I didn't, you know, like, we didn't do, we didn't mean to, you know, hurt him that bad. And he, like, puts his fingers in the pulse of the kid. And then the dad comes out. And he's like, oh, no, this isn't good. And he mm -hmm. starts running towards the kids. And he's like, what happened? And the kids are like, we didn't do anything. We promise. And uh, the dad is coming closer to the cop and the cops like back up and he's like, you know, doesn't know how to handle the situation. And um, and the kind of whirlwind of things that are happening, he fires his gun and he shoots the dad. And in an instant, we kind of get like a whirlwind of um, energy of pretty much of wind. We black out and the cop's dead. Brat's dead dad's dead and sean regains his consciousness and he picks up daniel he picks up his book bag of the things that he got ready for the party and he runs out mm -hmm. so that's kind of just like the elevator you know not a really elevator picture that's kind of like the it's beginning the of the story you know. to get you kind of interested in this so i'd say if you have any interest in this game going forward here i'd stop here but yeah. Yeah, and they've shown in some of the promotional material um, previous to this, like at least the ending of this scene where you know cop car goes flying and rolling over and shit just gets totally destroyed um, when you know Daniel like screams and again lets out basically a giant shockwave of force that knocks everyone out and again essentially kills the cop and assumingly Brett's dead. I don't know if we actually get confirmation of that or not, but um, oh, it I didn't like even know Brett's dead was in there. 
No, Brett's dead. Brett's dead. Oh, Brett. Yeah, I'm dead. 99% sure Brett is dead. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, so, yeah, that's the introduction of the game. And I do want to talk about this scene, but I want to focus first on this, like, 30 minutes leading up yeah, to that scene. I, I would love to. I just kind of wanted to get, like, everyone on the same track of that shit. So, yeah, yeah go I for it. it. So that's kind of, you know, like you said, that's the, the hook that they're going for. Um, but I do want to say I I adored the first two minutes of this game. Um, and I think part of that is because it's, you know, they've got that Life is Strange. Um, I mean, that feeling kind of comes through that art style of the um, like very like fall mid or northwestern aesthetic that really works, especially because, you know, we're recording this and fucking october 2nd so it all it's very timely it works yeah it works really well um they also start with the song um listomania which i fucking love that song so it worked really 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 well for me i don't know how well that song actually fits the scene but i dug it a ton yeah um I think that's. The I just like that of, song. It's I don't know song. how much it fit, but I liked it. <laughs> it felt it doesn't really, play it, for like an enormous amount of time. No, yeah. it's you know minute and a half or whatever. Is they're doing a bunch of establishing shots around the new town, which I think we're meant to believe is the outskirts of Seattle. Um, yeah, at least I think that's more or less where it is. They don't name a specific town outside of that. Um, but I really liked the beginning of this. I liked this first thirty minutes, not just for the establishing of that scene in that space but a lot um I, I think i just found i liked lila and i liked the dynamic between you and lila i think they they built that friendship really quickly and it was believable as much as again i'm not a hundred percent sure how much they nail the teen language in this game but we'll maybe uh, talk about that going forward I, I because think, i think this well scene was here's the thing relatively good this is the most teen language we get for the remainder of the game the rest is very like yeah, sibling it, it drifts away pretty quickly. Yeah, so I think it's appropriate to talk about it now. And, you know, this has always been a thing in Life is Strange games. It's like, how well are they hitting on that, like, youth talk? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a... I, I thought it was pretty pretty decent. I There were some, like, awkward fumbles where I feel like there were times, like... For some reason, I don't know if you feel like this, but when they they keep talking about Skype, and I don't think it's, like, a brand thing... I just kind of think it feels like, like, I would just say, like, yo, I'll video call you. But it feels very, like, forced to be, like, I'm going to Skype you. I, I don't know why. I think I would typically say Skype if I'm going to do, like, a video call. Okay. But admittedly, I would usually use Skype for that. So that's fair. if you say I'm going to Skype you, it lets the other person know, hey, boot up Skype, you know? That's true. That's true. But uh, I, uh, aside from that, how do you how do you think that, like, you know, the teen I, language is handled? I think it didn't strike me as... Um, bad right it didn't feel like in the first game it kind of was jarringly like it didn't fit i think this game largely does it well i think the only times where it starts to kind of not work is specifically when they're talking about like doing drugs or drinking there is a scene later in the game where sean says very specifically like in complete earnestness like i could really go for a big bong rip right about now and i was like (laughs) okay well i don't know about that but Okay, um, yeah, but I think largely it it fits in a whole lot better. There's just a, a couple of things here and there where I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily think that worked, but 
it didn't like it wasn't off-putting enough that it took me out of any of the scenes like it did a little bit in the first episode of the first game i'll say the scene with the siggies was was all right they they smoke they well lila wants to smoke with you on the porch just sigs mm-hmm. uh and and this kind of like exchange of like do you want one and he's like mm, my dad won't be very happy about that yeah. it also tracks uh well you can deny it or take it um i mean you i deny take it because i'm a pink okay lung well boy. never mind <laughs> i would <laughs> I definitely took it because I was like, I'm not going to leave my friend hanging like that, you know? Yeah, well, track stars don't smoke, okay? That's uh, in, in high school? I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> track stars got to have pink lungs. Um, <laughs> so I want to, I, I also want to talk about the first 30 minutes of this game because I want to ask you, does, uh, does Esteban, is Esteban our first good Life is Strange dad? Esteban is, I think, our first good Life is Strange dad, because I can't think of any dads. Wow, yeah, they're all <laughs> terrible. Holy Actually, well, Max is this the first is Life is Strange dad, like biological dad? No, because uh, we get um, in the in Before the Storm, we get a biological dad. Oh, Rachel. Rachel's. Yeah. Okay, well, um, Esteban he, beats I mean, the ever-living too. shit out of him. Esteban is also, I'll just say it, like, he's t- he is top three Life is Strange characters. Yes. Like, just, he's so endearing, he's so understanding, and it all comes across completely genuine in his character. And I, and the I knew what was going to happen, and I was so sad from the minute he started talking, because I was like, oh, fuck, you're going to be my favorite character, and well, you're going to die in 25 like, minutes. How do you built this character to like make you love him and then kill him? Like, that's a common strategy, and I just don't know how yeah. I feel about it anymore. I mean, like, it does it feel... It feels a little cheap, but I still like fall for it every time, you know? It is, it is cheap, but I don't think... I don't but, think they were doing it just like, to, like, elicit a reaction from you. I think they were doing yeah. it to justify a little bit more of the rest of the story and how the kids are, you know, reacting to it. Yeah. Um, but, I love I love the scene where you walk in and your dad's got a Choco Crisp and your little brother is like, I want it. And he's like, all right, we're going to make, like, a judge. You're going to be the judge, Sean. And Sean's being a little fucking prick. And he's like, <laughs> no, I got to go put playing for a party Ugh. and he's like nope no no son you have to be the judge first and you get a <laughs> choice whether who to give the candy to who'd you give the candy to i gave it to the dad i ate it myself That's you a very funny bitch. prank well i felt that was very sean-esque to eat the choco crisp i mean himself. it is but i felt the dad made a convincing argument but also if you give it to the dad he laughs and says that he could never let an innocent person go without candy and then gives it to the younger brother anyway. Oh, oh my fucking God. <laughs> ah. 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 Yeah. 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 That, um, I don't know. I, I do struggle with what you said previously a little bit with like, does it feel a little bit cheap to just be like, Hey, we're going to set up this person who doesn't like ostensibly doesn't have any character flaws in the like, interim because you only meet him for 25 minutes before he's dead just so that you feel really bad when he dies but man they do a good job with it so yeah i don't know they did it well it does feel a little cheap but they did it really well i feel like you can maybe argue with me on this if you want to but i feel like you can only tell so many set pieces like sometimes you just need to go with 
the thing that already exists and not everything can be like new and innovative with stories like sometimes you just need these classic set pieces here to just like elicit certain emotions to drive the story forward and like even if it does feel cheap sometimes you just need to use those kind of use those things i don't want to make it sound bad though but it's tough yeah i i get it and i think you're you're not necessarily wrong about that um yeah i wish it weren't so much of a trope but it still works and i don't feel like i don't get angry when it happens or anything like that it's just it it's a quick way to get that response and oh well Well, cheers to the first good life is strange dad yeah you had a good run rest in peace yeah you had a good 30 (laughs) minutes in the highlights but this is not story's not about you no it is not um Outside of that scene, you know, the gathering supplies for the party was whatever. Like, you walk around and you gather a bunch of stuff, and you get to make some choices about what you want to take and don't take. Um, The Skyping with Lila, I actually really liked that. I was not sure how I would feel about it um, when they, like, I watched a little bit of the first 20 minutes, so I caught, like, a minute of it here or there uh, before I played the game. Yeah. And the scene didn't feel good when I watched it, but when I was actually playing through it, I think that it worked really well. And I think the entire time you spend in your room works really well. Like, there's a stereo that you turn on and it starts playing music that totally makes sense that Sean would listen to. And, like, if you just walk around, he just starts, like, singing along to random small parts of it. And it fit really well. And it just created that um, Life is Strange sort of melancholic teen atmosphere that I like yeah. so much. Um, which the I think we're probably going to get very atmosphere. little of that. In the beginning there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What did you think about, um, so you can sit down and doodle, uh, or draw, mm, yep. and the, did you play with the controller or mouse and keyboard? Mouse and keyboard. Okay, let's talk about the drawing mechanic for a little bit, because <laughs> it just says shake mouse to draw, so it you like hold does. and, you hold and focus to a point where you want to draw, which is preset for you, of course, yeah. and then it draws like, I do like the stylized, there's like lines that like kind of show you what Sean is thinking about drawing. And Mm. then you look down at the page and then you just like, you just like (laughs) for like five minutes. No, not five minutes. I don't want to. That's exaggerating. Like, yeah, 30 seconds total of time. Cause you have to look up and down and draw again uh, of just shaking your mouse. And I was, I was kind of upset by that. I'm like, just give, just give it to me. You don't have to make me do this. I'm not a baby. (laughs) I don't think the mechanic itself works very well like the mechanical motion you do works very well it seems kind of pointless padding but i do like the drawing of the like area around you a lot more than i liked you know taking pictures or something i think it is a cool representation of what's going on and it's a cool way to like journal what's happening and i do like that but yeah the motion where you're just like i'm gonna spin my mouse in a circle like okay well yeah it's it's gonna be weird going forward with it because i feel like it's gonna be points where i'm like i want to see how he draws this but i just don't really want to shake my mouse for 30 seconds (laughs) you know uh but and that i i just kind of wish you'd just watch him draw and then like a little like the their classic you're sitting down and the camera kind of spins around you thing would happen but yeah i mean i would even be more comfortable with it if it was like here are four points, like, draw a line between them with the mouse or something. Just yeah. Something that felt a little more satisfying than flailing your arm. Right. But, oh well. So, the, the whole, like, end scene here, I promise we'll move on afterwards, yeah. was very, like, whew. It took, for me, it kind of, it definitely took me on a ride, because, like, I knew it was going, 
somewhere in that direction, but for some reason it just it it got me pretty well, even though I sort of saw it coming, like we mentioned earlier. But like, how did it how did it impact you, and like, what was your kind of state after that scene, during it, etc.? Yeah. So again, I think this is one of the ones where it will probably feel pretty differently because I I did know what was going to happen. Pretty like I again some of and I don't know why they made this choice, but some of the promotional material they showed was like the first forty five minutes of gameplay, and I watched a small section of it and did see this scene, so I knew how it was all going to play out. Oh, okay. Um, So I wasn't surprised during it or anything like that, and I don't think it's nearly as impactful watching it as playing it. Um. I will say that I it did still have an impact on me. And my biggest, like, the thing that I walked away from most was not, like, you know, sorrow that the dad died. Because that sucked, but also, I mean, he's a good life estranged dad. He couldn't have had a long run anyway. That's just mm-hmm. not what this game does. Um, <laughs> and not, like, fear for the kids for nearly killing Brett. Because, like, whatever. He got it coming. Um, but mostly just, like... Fucking, I was so mad at the cop in this scenario. And, like, I think it's very smart to have it play out this way, given the, like, political state we're in in 2018. But, like, holy fuck, he just rolls up onto the scene, sees a kid on the ground seizing, and another kid, like, trying to help him. And his first response is to, like, run up there and pull a gun on two kids and then shoot a person who is clearly unarmed walking towards his children. Like, that cop what the fuck man so like do you this is a hard question i know this is a hard question i'm about to pose to you is Mm -hmm. do you think is this like situation believable in that way like i i know a lot of like truly truly fucked up things happen like this and so i mean i guess to me it was it was pretty believable but in some ways i don't know it it Again, it's kind of like the bad apple kind of thing where it's like, hey, they, on average, this is definitely not what would happen. But there's just every once in a while, there's one new person, there's one new panicked person that doesn't know how to handle the situation. And like, I guess does to you, does it feel like a, did it feel like a believable scene in, you know, the world today? Absolutely. Like, yeah. 100%. Like, what, I mean, you're right. I don't think this would be how it plays out with like 90% of or like not even 90 like 98 99% of families and 99% of police officers but you know you get a young white cop goes to a scene where there's a white guy on the ground who looks like he's dying and there's a kid on top of him and you you're at this spot where your adrenaline's pumping and you don't know what to do and it's like uh, somebody who looks like they were just killed in a family that's you know hispanic who's moving towards you and you don't know what to have like to do and you just freak out and you shoot somebody and like the way that i described that i'm realizing now comes off as like very sympathetic to the cop and like absolutely not he died for it and honestly he had what was coming to him but like holy shit i this doesn't seem crazy to me. Like, this does not seem like a scenario that, that wouldn't so... happen in the world. The only difference is we'd get the news report the next day saying how the cop felt like his life was threatened because the dad could have had a knife or something. Like, yeah. It's yeah. And I'm sure that's, that is, like, happening, but we don't really get to see that because we run away. <laughs> um, so yeah. we're not near TVs. Uh, but I assume that's probably what happened. Uh, I, I would imagine. Isn't yeah. that crazy? I, I don't know. It's, this isn't really a question or anything to talk off of. Just a point that, like, that's so insane that that's, like, 
a realistic scene for us. You know what I mean? Like, God, yeah, that's wild. It's yeah. I mean, again, I think, and we'll talk about this more later because I do think it happens a lot more as we go on. So I don't want to talk yeah. about it right now. But this game is much more um, politically aware than its predecessors. It it. it recognizes what is going on in the u.s and it plays off of that um and i think it plays off of it largely to to pretty uh, successfully i guess i think it plays off of it relatively well and i think this is one of the scenes where if i mean if this had been in a game three or four years ago maybe i would have said i don't know about it but given you know everything that's been going on the past two years yeah it fucking was a believable scene and you're right that's an absolutely crazy fucking thing to think yeah why don't you why don't you move us on here why don't we scoot along all right, let's. We spent like thirty minutes in the first thirty minutes of the game, so we're doing good. <laughs> we'll be at two hours, maybe four hours, and four hours. Um, so we'll do this next one here, which I don't think there's as much to talk about. Um, so basically, again, you know, Sean picks up Daniel um, and runs away because he sees that shit went really bad, and his dad's dead, and that they're going to obviously get in tons of trouble because they ostensibly killed a cop and a white kid. Um, so he picks him up and runs away, and we kind of get a fade out and fade in, and we're led to believe it's two days later, um, and we get a scene of them just kind of walking along the road in a wooded area, basically looking for somewhere to camp out, and this is kind of where we get the introduction to what I would consider the main tension in this episode, which is that Sean is trying to figure out how to basically stay alive and protect Daniel, but also has not told him what actually happened. Daniel doesn't remember the scenario. He blacked out as soon as he, you know, did the energy scream, whatever exactly that is. So he's trying to lead him along and say, like, oh, they're going on an adventure. They're just going camping. No parents allowed. Things like that. While also internally trying to figure out, like, how am I going to tell him what happened? What are we going to do? Like, we're not going to be able to go back. He's going to figure it out. Um, this sort of sort of back and forth. So this scene is largely them um, finding, like, a camping area in the woods and going down that trail. And we get a lot of establishment of the type of area that they're in and kind of the wilderness where I get the feeling we'll spend a lot more time in this um, season than we did the previous one. Um, so you kind of, you know, Sean walks Daniel through the woods, pointing out different things, like different signs for trailblazers so that people know where to go. And, you know, they get, um, you know, try and find some berries and things like that to eat because they're low on food and trying to find a, a nice spot to camp. You see, like, eight signs about bear attacks. Absolutely, <laughs> there's going to be a bear. Those signs are Chekhov's yeah. <laughs> bear. There's going to be a freaking bear in God, one of these How episodes. amazing would it be if it was just a red herring? Just like... <laughs> Beware no of bears. Bears are for real. And everyone's oh like, God, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Nope. It's going to, I don't know what that reveal is going to be. I don't know when there's going to be a bear, but there's going to be a freaking bear. And I can't wait. Yep. Um, so eventually you, um, you and your brother walk up to this larger open area where you find a cave to hide in, which is definitely not a cave. They kept describing it as a cave, but it's just, like, a rock that well, juts out, like, I think like, three that was feet. to, like, keep Daniel's, like, imagination running, so he was, you know, kind of pleased, where it's like, it's a cave! But Daniel is the one that describes it as a cave and says it's scary and he doesn't want to go into it. Oh. And it's like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's weird. Um, but that's where you spend, I would say, probably a, a decent chunk of time in this scene is at this, like, large, open nature campsite where you, you can draw this 
river running by and with an island in the background and you can choose to like skip stones with daniel and play along with him you know explaining to him some stuff about nature as you know it or kind of like tricking him and i think you can like push him into a spider web which is kind of messed up but all right um and then eventually you you know find some wood and and build a campfire and you know kind of have a scene where you're settling in and going to sleep for the night and trying to comfort your your brother again and most of the tension and most of the depth of the scene comes from the internal monologue um and the way that he is struggling with everything and kind of the contrast between the last scene and how dramatic and explosive it was and this scene and how peaceful it is and how secluded it is and the kind of difference we get between those two is really very stark and i think works incredibly well for sure um this also introduces uh you kind of touched on it but i wanted to make it more clear a mechanic Mm -hmm. about teaching daniel things or interacting with daniel so pretty much any object or thing that Daniel is doing, you can point your mouse at it and like scroll through to have this like blue bolded text option to do a Daniel thing. And a lot of these are options that will kind of change his character. And we'll get into a couple more of those later, but um, in, you're kind of in charge of him. And I think this is going to be their their main mechanic of like, you're making choices and influencing because Daniel's nine, so, like, yeah. right now, you're the only thing. You're the world to him. He doesn't really have too many other influences or um, guides in this world right now. So, uh, you know, your word is, that's it, pretty much. Uh, so, mm-hmm. obviously, he's still his own person, but, you know, he's nine. Um, <clears throat> Nine-year-olds like, aren't people. Yeah. Did you, did you eat many berries? Uh, I ate some of the berries for him and they were bad and then i found some good berries and i ate those and then i didn't eat the bad berries again okay i uh i ate some berries he said looks good and then uh you know little brother ate the berries and then daniel asked if he could eat another set of berries and i'm like listen boy you've had berries already (laughs) and then i thought about it and i'm like there are probably good berries and bad berries, so <laughs> there nope. are definitely good berries and bad berries. Yes, yeah. Um, um, so, so yeah, how did you feel about this entire this entire sequence here, especially coming off the back of the previous scene? So, I I want to say one thing also okay. about my thoughts on it is, which is what you asked. I was going to say if you want to just <laughs> you don't have to preface your response with rephrasing my question. I'm just purred happily in it out right now. Um, I love the visuals in this scene. The mm. the trees, the grass, the river, the like lighting in this world is fantastic. It's beautiful game. Mm-hmm. All the textures that are painted should like they belong there in that way like they just have this great aesthetic where they like instead of putting a real texture on something they just like paint it on there and it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I was really encapsulated encapsulated by that. And as for the, you know, the rest and the story and everything like that, I think, again, it's this very, like, like you said, stark difference between the two. And I kind of, I love the realization of the mechanic that I was talking about where it's like, oh, it's just me and him now. And like he, Daniel even met, or Sean even mentions like, I'd be a shit dad. Kind of mm-hmm. like if, you know, if you fuck up or something like that happens. But, like, 
you know, realizing that you're now taking on this role for him and, you know, living this lie, everything like that, it, it really gets the gears turning and thinking about, you know, putting yourself in Sean's shoes and like how you would handle that. Or like, you know, I just respect a lot of games that are able or any pieces of media that force you to kind of think about what you would do in that situation. I get that a lot. I don't know if you get that. Like, do you do that a lot? Uh, I do that depending on the type of media and, you know, whether or not the situation is incredibly believable. Yeah. And and for this one, I I think it is pretty believable. Um, There was a car at the beginning of this scene as well that you can, like, uh, steal a Choco Crisp from if, you know, because the window's slightly down. Man, was I worried the whole time that, like, some back nature fuck was gonna come out and be like you're out here a long long ways what are you doing out here in the nature that you're not supposed to be camping in but that never happened no i was worried about that for all of about two minutes and then i saw eight signs about bears and i was like oh never mind it'll be bears and then it wasn't that oh yeah oh no bears ate the person in the car oh okay (laughs) that makes a ton of sense yeah a lot of bear media uh but no this is (laughs) I also he wakes up Daniel has like a nightmare and he wakes mm-hmm. up screaming about dad and you're like nah it's alright and then you both fall back asleep so maybe some yeah. bizarre foreshadowing there but overall I, I I think it's a good like let's keep this running and it held my attention pretty well yeah I, I tend to agree I think um, when you were going through it initially like when you're just walking through the paths in the wood before you get to kind of the two open areas it's like a picnic area and then the actual area where you camp out i think the in-between sections maybe weren't as interesting but i really liked the relationship building that happens at the final spot where you decide to camp out i think the scene where you're you know skipping stones with your brother is really really good and really endearing and you know a scene like that if you choose to be supportive really makes me like sean as a character which yeah. is something that I think is incredibly important to do, and it makes me like enjoy the relationship the two of them have, which if that's going to be the crux of this, I need to like see a potential for growth there, right? And I do see that in a lot of these oh, yeah. things. And, and I you see already that see him growing them. slowly, you know? And that's, that's a fucking amazing part about this, is he's just like your average teen boy, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of this. And he is still that, like, you know, that teen boy uh you know thought process and maturity but like he's clearly growing but they didn't do it too fast in my opinion i think maybe sometimes it feels like he's matured pretty fucking fast but like it's still it's still believable yeah and, and traumatic think... events like that can they can grow you fast you know yeah and we don't see Sean in any sort of like a crisis situation or Daniel in a crisis situation prior to you know around this time so i think it's all very believable that this is just a way he would act under pressure yeah um and i I think they do a really good job with that and um overall yeah i i enjoyed it quite a bit another cool thing is you know you grabbed your bag of all the party supplies guess what that's your camping bag now yeah anything (laughs) you brought with you that's all the shit you have and i don't know about you but i grabbed beer from the fridge (laughs) Oh, I did not grab beer from the fridge. I said, fuck that. I'm going to take this Coke. I've got 40 bucks to buy beer. Yeah. If you grab the Coke, Sean looks at the beer and goes, good fucking job bringing beer, you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. And uh, I had cookies for dinner that night. What did you have? Uh, I had chips for dinner, so not nice. much better. 
Yeah, not much better. I, I don't, it's much better than the alternative Halloween candy, <laughs> which Ooh, I think yeah. would have been really bad. <laughs> bad idea. I did not. I did not going through this pick up on that's what it was going to be because i was like ooh, the halloween candy is probably the thing that gets you in trouble so don't take that that's the reason you wouldn't want it yeah not not because there's no nutritional value and you'd have to live off of it for two straight days yeah pretty amazing uh so the next scene here uh is you're you know you fall asleep you wake up the next morning and uh, you're out of food so you know you're both pretty hungry and uh, Sean's like, there's, there has to be a rest stop somewhere here. I, I just know it. You know, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. And lo and behold, here is a gas station in the middle of fuck all nowhere. Um, and mm-hmm. a family is eating at a picnic table with their like sedan. And um, there's a lot of bear statues around <laughs> the gas station. And um. That's that's pretty much the scene that you walk into with that family. You can kind of uh, approach them and awkwardly either send Dan- Daniel to go beg for food or talk to the family yourself. I'm curious what you did. I talked to the family myself it. because it, it seemed like sending Daniel was a little exploitative, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have definitely skewed him in a negative way. Don't want to mm. really expose him to that shit. Uh, so <laughs> if you did like mine. <laughs> This family's fucking awful, especially the dad. Actually, <laughs> the Just, dad is the dad terrible. and the daughter. The daughter's not great. The mom's a perfectly nice lady. Wouldn't you know it? It's another terrible life is strange dad. God, and he doesn't even die. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they killed the wrong dad. <laughs> so you you approach this family and awkwardly ask for food, and the dad's like, "Can't you see we're busy here?" And the mom's like, "Oh, like, sorry, you know." He gets yeah. grumpy when he's on the road, and the daughter's like, uh, "What does she fucking the say?" Da- she the, says something. Bitchy. Yeah, you mentioned that Daniel's like nine, oh, and then yeah. the daughter's like, well, "I'm twelve. I'm not a kid." That's right, okay. because because they're talking about Halloween. Oh, yeah. also, she doesn't point. dress up for Halloween or whatever because she's twelve. Which, yeah, on. yeah, of course you dress up for Halloween. I dress up for Halloween as well. Um, anyways, also big point here. Uh. Because, you know, Daniel was wearing his Halloween costume when the whole thing went down, which is actually just a skull mask for his zombie <laughs> costume, uh, the mask falls off and, like, is left on the road. Mm-hmm. That's and, definitely going to come into play at some point. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to come into play. But, <laughs> yeah. He also just kind of, like, has red on his shirt. It just looks like blood all the time, which is not a good look for him. Not a good look for two wanted fugitives. <laughs> Yeah, not a great look. Um, so they they tell you to piss off, and then you can go back into the uh, the gas station. I guess it's not a convenience; yep. it's just it's a gas station. Yeah, and inside you kind of get introduced to this new mechanic where you got money, and mm-hmm. you got to spend it on food or whatever you want to buy. So you have a couple options here. I thought like the game would tell me what to buy, but that's kind of just like up to you. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, there's, like, a couple, like, options to let Daniel play a crane game or, like, get a Choco Crisp because he's obsessed with Choco Crisps. Mm. Um, you also get a steel option. I didn't touch that shit. No way, no how. <laughs> uh, did you? Oh, yeah. I, um, 
I bought bread and water and stole something else, some other food type supply. I can't remember what it was, but I. Oh, stole. you chump! You chump! I got water from the sink. Oh, God, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even. I was just like, dude, extra bottle. I'm not gonna buy a bunch of Coke because we're on the road and I can't do that. Uh, right. So I bought water and bread and then stole something small. Um, yeah. You don't get found out, or at least I didn't get found out. I don't know if you maybe do if you buy too much of something, but yeah, I did not get found out. No, well, I'm, obviously I didn't steal, so I wouldn't have gotten found out. So yeah. uh, you um, you check out for that stuff, and the lady at the checkout, you know, perfectly nice. She gives you a free map and mm-hmm. uh, sends you on her way. Also, she sells a lot of bear statues. There's, okay, something <laughs> is gonna happen. It's gonna turn out that one of these characters is actually a bear. Well, they've got this whole, like, symbolism running. Not symbolism. That's the wrong word. Uh, With the wolves, what would you call that? Symbolism? I guess. Symbolism <laughs> that the two of them are wolves. And, like, they're, you know, they're on the hunt or the track or whatever. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're together. Pack. They're in a pack. There we go. That's the fucking animal Yeah, you word. do get a scene earlier where they, like, howl at the moon because they're pretending to be wolves, which is really cute. So I wonder, like, if this bear isn't, like literal so much as is representational it's like watch out for bears and well so moving on here <laughs> is <laughs> we go to the picnic table and we're gonna you know munch on the stuff we bought and or who stole. else or stole <laughs> or stole like a bad bad person mm-hmm. um how did you steal it? did you just like pocket it or did like daniel have to like distract the person you, like you just pocket it you it is kind of weird because there's a lot of different interactions going on at the same time um so i was close to brody who's a character that we should probably mention you meet inside the convenience store oh yeah um, he's looking at like nude people yeah he's, he's like, at, like no. a nudist colony but it, yeah he's like no i promise it's not what it looks looks like i'm a traveling journalist bloggist man yeah he like, you're like, like okay, a okay, travel whatever. blogger it, he's weird he lives out of his car he'll come into play um later but so you get like <laughs> you get like a little bit of a dialogue option from him and then a dialogue option for or like a dialogue piece from Doris, who's the lady at the front. And then also you're tr- like have an inner monologue going on and then you like steal something. And then somewhere in there you heard Daniel cut in and be like, what are you doing? But then immediately <laughs> cut into a different dialogue line. And I was like, I don't know if I'm even like supposed to feel bad about that because I, too many I people were it's... talking. I think it was just triggered because I think he has to know that you stole for, like... Yeah. I feel like that's going to obviously come into play later. But anyways... Yeah, but yeah, you just pocket... Look, I only have 40 bucks, okay? Things are expensive. Yeah. Oh, oh can we talk about the price of things? A bread <laughs> loaf is $6.50? Yeah. Get off no. my dick! Okay, I'm sorry, Don't Not. I don't know how much y'all pay for bread in <laughs> France. I get it. It's better than our bread, but it's like a buck fifty for the lo-fi bond. Yeah, and I mean, I get it. It's a gas station. The price of things are jacked up. But, like, come on. $3 at the least. The least. Mac and cheese cup, four fifty. Get out of here. Anyways. <laughs> I love how that's the angriest I've been this whole podcast. <laughs> this is the thing that gets it. Not like, not the fact that their dad was shot by a cop. It's the fact that Don't Nod made a loaf of bread six bucks. Six fifty. Oh, sorry, <laughs> my bad. So, finally, we can get to this. You, uh, yeah, you go with your food at the picnic table, and you're looking at a map and being like, where are we now? Where are we going to go? And, uh... This guy that I don't remember his name. Oh, Doug Stamper. Hank. 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 
Hank Stamper. Yeah, Ooh, Doris Doug. is the Doug's not in this friend. game. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, me either. Uh, so <laughs> this guy, Hank, walks up, and he doesn't, like, introduce himself, like, hi, I'm Frank, the friendly gas station man. Well, He's he wouldn't say, like, hi, I'm Frank. His name's Hank. Hank, yes. <laughs> uh, he comes up to you guys. He's like, uh, do I have to, like, bring you back into the store to make sure that the things that you bought, you actually bought? Because I'm pretty sure you stole them. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get the choice to run away from him, discuss, or, like, confront him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do? I tried to discuss, but also Same. I think the scene had a lot more tension because I did steal something. So I was yeah. like, oh, I can't I got, I can't confront him. I got to talk my way out of this because I definitely stole this shit. Yeah. So I, I was fine. I'm like, hey, this is the easy answer. Let's just bring me in the store. I don't care. I didn't steal any of this. Mm-hmm. But with that being said... Uh, you get further confrontation as he's kind of like, God, what kind of shit does he say? I got, so, I was very like upset, so I don't remember a lot of it, but <laughs> he says some really like mean racist shit. And yeah, um, I think most of the egregious you. stuff comes a little bit later, but yeah, he it it escalates to the point where he ends up like hitting you and you get knocked out. Yeah, and you wake up in his back office. And it's dark, and it's raining, and you're like, oh, fuck, where is Daniel? Oh, shit. And, um... Handcuffed to a pipe on the wall. Yep. You're, 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 uh, you're kidnapped by Hank, essentially. <laughs> and he's like, Real hey. quick. Yeah, real quick. And he's like, hey, I've got, uh, someone who'd be real interested in... What does he say? He's like... Interested in reporting you or something like that? Yeah, he basically mentions that he knows that you guys are on the run and that yeah, he's going to call people and get you, you know, arrested or deported and mentions that people like you are the reason that we need to build that wall and, and stuff like that. Yeah, says some real awful shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is going to go look for your younger brother because he ran off. Mm-hmm. So he leaves you tied to the pipe with this plastic... Uh, this plastic kind of cuff and you hear your good brother daniel through the vents he is there for you but you need to work together to escape so essentially you enter in this like classic life is strange puzzle which Mm. is better than the ones previously kind of i Um, i don't know it's okay (laughs) it's fine the sound design it's better than the bomb on the door okay it's better than the door bomb (laughs) okay um so i don't know if you felt this way and i do i just want to say this i couldn't hear daniel at all really i for some reason and maybe this is just my sound settings he was really difficult to hear and i think Mm -hmm. it's because they kept moving where his voice is from because it's supposed to be like him running around to different parts of the outside of the building before he comes back but if i didn't have the subtitles on i would have had no idea what he said there huh See, I've had to, like, futz around. This is really boring talk. I've had to futz around with my surround sound, like, headphone settings a lot to, like, get them to work properly. So oh, look at Mr. Surround Sound headphones over Listen, here. Listen, I wow. hate it. I actually don't like it. It never sounds good. It's like, anyways, <laughs> this is really boring. <laughs> uh, so, essentially, you futz around with, like, getting uh, your hands close to the vent so Daniel can give you a tool so mm. you can... Um, cut the like thing pry that's the thing off the wall basically yeah pry the thing off the wall that's holding the pipe 
and you can kick these keys down and then bring them to uh, Daniel, who can run around and unlock the door so you two can escape. And mm-hmm. as you're escaping, you go out through the um, through the store. And Which is a hell of a choice. Yeah, real odd choice. And Hank kind of, oh, well, you're walking through the store and you see a tent and you're like, oh, shit. I could steal that real nice. And what did you choose to do? <laughs> oh, I was going to steal the fuck out of that tent. I was also going to steal the fuck out of it. Uh, and then Hank comes, you know, he wraps around and he's got you in the kind of kind of has you in a hold. And you can either run, fight or fight. Uh, what did you do? Oh, yeah. I, I beat the shit out of that old man. Oh, I ran. I hide. Oh, it's I very satisfying. You like headbutt him and then. Just, like, start kicking him in the face while he's down and then oh, take a man. tent and run away. And it's that's a gonna, lot, but also he had it coming. That's going to come back to you. <laughs> I know, but I wanted the tent. It was a $70 tent. That is yeah. so much more than the amount of money that I had. Oh, boy. I've got a reveal for you. <laughs> oh, no. a reveal for you. Uh, yeah, so that was this whole thing. That was this yeah. whole thing. And that was intense. Yeah. Though, uh, you, again, you do escape into the woods. Um Yes. And oh, you, yeah. Hold on. That's this is... the end of it. That's, not, <laughs> yeah, so... that's not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you run into the woods, and you see Brody in his car. He's like sipping tea on his laptop, hanging out. And you're like, "Yo, that psychopath in there. He wants to get me. He wants to get us." And Brody's like, "Yeah, no, I got a bad vibe from that dude." And he lets you in his car, and you drive away. Yeah. Where it's also revealed that, and we didn't mention this, there was like a stray puppy that they were trying to get rid of in the gas station. Uh-huh. And it's revealed when you're driving away that um, when I was beating the shit out of the old man is the timeline that I've chosen to go with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Daniel does the brotherly thing and steals their dog that they were trying to give away. And mm-hmm. so you have a little puppy with you now. Oh, little puppy. It's adorable. So. This scene. We talked, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit in the middle of all these scenes, but I think overall, like, this, I think this is, like, the cop scene is pretty, like, powerful for their political, you know, more political uh, focus in this game. But I think this one really, like, really put the period at the end of the sentence that's like, yeah, this is what we're fucking talking about this chapter. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how hard it'll be reverb like reverb the rest of the game uh but i'll be very disappointed if they don't follow through with it in the rest of the game because i think they're doing a relatively good job of it and i feel like if they set this up and then just kind of drop any sort of political undertones it'll be kind of uh, i mean i guess disappointing is maybe the best word for it. it it'll just feel like they didn't necessarily follow through with their punches you know and i think that if they do just like scenes like this work well right there's it's not a overtly political scene right you're not like getting into a political argument it's just showing two different kind of like views of the world and two different experiences that people are having and i think it it works really well yeah yeah i totally i agree with that one also i think the other interesting thing is they introduced this like, I was not ready for a mechanic where I had to choose how to spend the small amount of money that I had. Um, yeah. Which I'm assuming, just given the setup of this game, will continue to be a pretty pronounced oh, yeah. mechanic. Yeah, definitely. So that was 
interesting, and I, I'm kind of wondering how that's going to play out in the future. And, and oh, it's what gonna ways... suck. Yeah, that's it's that was the suck. other thing. Is it was a really hard thing to be like, I don't know what to buy. There's so many options, and I can't afford any of it. No, do you think like that being a difficult thing for you? Do you think that speaks to it as a good or uh, I don't want to say good or bad, but what did you? How did you feel about the mechanic? Like. Yeah. Were you like impressed by it or not really impressed? I, I can't really <laughs> ask what opinion I want of you. <laughs> okay, I'll just talk and you can tell me whether or not you got the opinion you wanted. Sound good? Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was interesting. I think it was like you were saying previously how um, the last scene is kind of what helped you get into the mindset of what would I do in this situation. This was kind of the scene where I got more of that was not so much the... Um, extreme of running away and not so much, you know, being out in the the wilderness with your younger brother, but the idea of, like, I have X amount of money, I need to buy enough things for two people to survive and stay fed and stay warm, and I don't know how to do it, and I don't know what to prioritize. This was the the moment when that scene kind of, that, that feeling kind of hit home for me. It was like, oh, this is not just like a I'll rewind and see what the other good option is. This is a, like, oh, I need to make decisions about the livelihood of uh, the person I'm with. And I think the Mm -hmm. lack of direction and the lack of discrete options really drove that home. And I I like that mechanic quite a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly really excited for it. I think there's a lot of interesting things you can do with it, with it just being like, you know, money's a bare essential. You need it Mm -hmm. to survive now. And, like having this low amount is going to add like a really interesting like i i was thinking about it, i'm like damn this is very oregon trail-esque like <laughs> this is going to be really hard like where what are the red herrings here like some of them are very obvious but like you know uh do i mean I if i could have bought 99 boxes find... of bullets i would have done it <laughs> yeah yeah that's not an option <laughs> No, yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, they've done mechanics in previous Life is Strange. It's about, do you want to steal this money or something like that? But it never felt... It's never mattered. Yeah, it's just like, oh, no, because it's going to be a black and white sort of thing. And I know that I'm making and the choice that's not going to come back to bite me in the ass. Exactly. And you won't... You're never going to really, like, use the money in that way that'll, mm-hmm. you know, make situations good or worse for you. You have the bare essentials already, like, you know. Yeah. So. I, I think it's uh, it's a really interesting introduction of that mechanic. Um, I think we should move on just because yes. we're running a little bit long. Do you have anything else to say about that no. scene, though? Okay. No. Um, so that brings us to kind of the conclusion um, scene, basically, where you're, you know, you begin it by being in the car with, with Brody and Daniel and, you know, the introduction of um, the dog, which is named Mushroom, which is a pretty good name. I, I didn't at name. first. I was like, I don't know how I feel about mushroom, but I've come around. I on love the name mushroom. It's a good name. It's mm-hmm. a good name. Um, but then Daniel goes to sleep, and you drive, and you know you get a little bit of sleep and talk with Brody a little bit, and kind of continues on, and you stop, um, sort of at like a scenic overlook, and um, you and Brody talk a little bit about kind of the future and what you're going to do next, and. You mentioned that you are thinking about probably trying to go all the way to um, the town that your dad grew up in, which I think is Puerto Lobos. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% positive. Cool. And, you know, Brody talks to you about how you're going to have to tell Daniel, and he doesn't, like, Daniel obviously doesn't know what happened, and he mentions that he knows who 
um, you guys are, and he's seen that you guys were running away, but he believes that you didn't do anything wrong. Um, he does make a mention of the fact that, like, hey, you're not in Seattle anymore. Like, you're in kind of the, I mean, more or less the, like, I don't hillbilly. remember the exact phrasing, but yeah, like the hillbilly red zone in between like Seattle and Portland is what it feels like, you know, which mm-hmm. I don't know nearly enough about Washington or Oregon to know if that's correct, but I guess I'd buy it. Uh, I do think this scene is cool. Um, so I guess spoilers for Life is Strange season one coming up. Mm-hmm. Skip ahead um, like, like a minute because it's really not that interesting. Yeah, we're not going to cool. talk about it much, but I do just want to talk about it. Um so yeah, at the beginning of this game, they do ask you, did you play the first season? And if so, which ending did you choose? Um, and if you chose the Sacrifice Arcadia Bay ending, then it, you're, you know, this scene takes place at an overlook that is looking over Arcadia Bay, um, which in this case is a totally destroyed city. Um, and, you know, Brody mentions a little bit about how, you know, he makes comparisons for, um, to how you have to keep moving forward to the way that the city was destroyed and everything like that. And I think that it was just like... It was a nice touch, right? It's about as much as I want to get of the other game in this game. Yeah, I agree um, completely. I would be curious what happened if you didn't choose that ending. Though, you it's just can like a know path. because I messed up and I picked the wrong <laughs> ending. <laughs> it's it's pretty much the same vein, except he's like, you have to keep moving forward because look at this bustling city, and it's just a bustling city. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's more or less what I expected. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was a nice little cap, though. I think it's a it, it's a good throwback without being intrusive to the previous game. And if I run into Chloe and Max, I'm alt f 4 I'm never going to <laughs> I will uninstall the game. We're not finishing it if that happens. But also, it might happen, and uh, it depends on how they do it, I guess. Um, Ugh, can you imagine <laughs> how awkward that would be, though? God. Hey, I'm Max. I'm Daniel. Cool. Nice to meet you. I mean, okay, but what if it's just, like, they're in the background shopping at a grocery store and you don't even have the option to talk to them? I guess. like, really unobtrusive. That would be fine. I think, but, oh, man. But you would hunt them down. People would be so fucking mad if they show the characters and you don't get to talk to them and they don't even get, like, voiced lines anymore. Oh, man, people would be furious. Whew. Yeah. What if you Um, can date Max? Okay, so moving okay. on, you get to um, you get to a motel. Brody drives you to a motel, uh, and kind of drops you off. It's like this really scenic motel by the beach, and you know lets you know, hey, he bought you a room for the night, so you and Daniel can have somewhere to stay. Um, and you get again a little more of a a heartfelt talk, and you know Brody says, hey, he has to keep going because he's on his way to um, home, which I forget what state it's in, but I think he was dealing with like health issues and his family, like his estranged family, so he has to go back to deal with all of that because he comes from money, which I thought was kind of a fun twist on things. Yeah. Um, but before he does that, he gives you his backpack, which has you know a whole bunch of stuff, and he gives you some money and. Um, basically just a few like small memento gifts and then you know says goodbyes and drives away uh and then you and daniel go up to the room you have in the motel and you kind of just like a nice little scene where you're you know finally at a comfortable motel room again you're not sleeping on the ground anymore and you like draw a bath for daniel and can choose to make it a bubble bath and he's watching like hot dog man on tv and you can like watch some of it with him um and it's just like a really comfortable nice scene given the everything that has happened in this episode previously and how uncomfortable it all was yeah and i really liked it um 
uh, yeah, just going through, you do get a scene um, when Daniel gets in the bath, you have the option to either call Lila or not call her because one of the pieces of advice that Brody gave you is to get rid of your cell phone as soon as mm-hmm. possible, which I understand, but also does come off as a little bit like the government, man. They're tracking you everywhere you go. But like, yeah. also, he's probably right. But yeah, it just okay. felt a little weird. So first off, did you did you call her or did you not call her? I called her. Me too. Um, the conversation was okay. It was, I don't know. How'd you feel about it? I, I liked it, but I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Because I, I feel like you have more to say than I do. It felt very like... <sighs> okay, so... It, on his on her side, it there was like the long gaps of silence. And I guess that works for it being like, oh, this is her trying to process and think about it. But, hmm, 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 hmm. I don't know. There's something off. I felt off about it. It was more like, it wasn't that it wasn't believable, but for some reason it wasn't like very satisfying to me. Like it didn't feel like, it almost didn't feel worth it to call her, if that makes sense. So I guess I I don't, recall there being like long patches of silence in the conversation interesting i don't know if uh, we played the day one patch yeah or something um i mean i may be misremembering so the way i characterized it in my head and maybe this is like actually happened and this is just how i'm filling it in was not so much her like processing and trying to think about what to say next as much as her like hysterically trying to get her thoughts out because she hasn't been able to talk to you in a while. And most of that keeps coming down to like, no, come back. We can do this. We can fix it. It'll be okay. You have to come back. Like, I miss you. I don't want you to leave again. That sort of stuff. Um, and you basically saying that like, you'll stay best friends with her. But I, I, I don't know. I felt, I thought the conversation felt genuine. I don't know. For some I reason, be... I almost like it, it felt really stunt like it felt short like it felt like there's if you're not worried that like someone's tracking you right now why would you you know stop talking so soon like i feel like there would be some kind of desire to know what's going on back home i guess from his Mm. point of view Uh, i don't know there i feel like sean didn't really ask enough about things that were going on over there or like you know, how she was doing in mm. a way. Cause like, I feel like if I was in that situation, I would, would kind of like crave that like grounding that I had back at home, even though everything's all fucked now. So I don't know. I, for me, it felt like there were more things that should have been said and they weren't. I, so I would contrast that by saying I can believe the, like shortness of the conversation if you imagine it as being really really difficult for sean because he knows that he's basically calling to say i'm alive i can't come home we won't be able to talk like you know he mentions i think they even mentioned on the phone like yeah we're definitely still going to be best friends but the performance and the writing of it made me think that it was like performative by Sean of being like, yeah, we'll be best friends still. But in his head, he knows like, this is probably the last time he's going to talk to Lila and that he doesn't want to draw that conversation out because it's too painful. Okay. I could see that too. I can see that. I I guess in my head, it's like, 
you know, you write down her phone number, and when things are chill, you call her back. You know what I mean? Like that was the thing where I was like, okay, well, I don't. I mean, look, kids don't remember phone numbers nowadays, so I don't know how yeah. he's gonna do this. But and also, okay, when you destroyed the phone, <laughs> yeah, this was bad. You so throw after off a... after after the conversation, you hang up um, very okay. abruptly, like Duncan this said, and then you do have you do have a little scene where you you know pull up your phone and start watching like a home video that your mm. dad took or that i think that you mm. took of you know you mm-hmm. and your dad tricking daniel into thinking that he was all out of christmas presents and then you know him finding a surprise one that's you know their new you know equivalent of a playstation under a christmas the, tree and him being the excited. play box the play box um <laughs> and that that was really that worked that worked, that worked a so lot. well i was and he like you know he tears up and everything yeah. like that because Again, it's kind of like, you know, you just, you crave that grounding in those, you know, mm-hmm. it's so hard to watch back on those memories and know that, like, that's all destroyed. And, like, yeah, that worked really well. That, that was, I stopped watching that. Like, you have the option to watch it and then, like, you can choose when to stop watching it by clicking a button. And I stopped mm-hmm. watching it before the end of it just because I was like, this fucking sucks to watch. This hurts. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah. I left and... it going, and he can he'll just reply it, okay, and gotcha. watch it again, which is like even sadder. <laughs> That's really well, actually, yeah. Holy shit, yeah. fuck. Um, <laughs> so I want to say this because I'm yeah, very God. passionate about it. I, I, uh, <laughs> I have that written down. You're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he takes the cell phone. You know, just after this scene, you know, he's so so upset. He has to destroy his phone. No one can find him. And he throws it off a second-story motel <laughs> onto the road. A beach. <laughs> onto a beach. <laughs> he, he goes past the road, and it lands on the sand. There's a road that he could have just smashed it on. He could, he have, could have done it so many water. things. <laughs> he could have he, broken it in half. He could have done everything, but he just gives it a toss. <laughs> he gives it, like, an underhand granny toss. Like, oh, <laughs> well, I'm done with this. Like, he just littered. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. If that comes yeah. back to bite us in the ass, I'm gonna be so mad. I guarantee yeah. it won't, because you know I trust them. But if it does, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Finishing up real quick, so we can get to any of the other questions we didn't already touch on. Um, after that, you go inside, and Daniel is done taking a bath and is like dancing on the bed to a song that's playing on the TV. Um, and you, you know, you know, you're going to go have this conversation with him about what actually happened, and you can either choose to, you know, confront him directly or join him for a little while dancing. I'm not sure how the scene plays out differently. Either way, I joined him dancing because I was like, this is gonna be the last bit of fun I ever get to have with my brother before he realizes the truth. Yeah, um, I do. Get a, okay, well, if you okay. do, you get a nice scene about you know you guys dancing and having fun and talking about how you basically say that you learned the song from guitar hero, but you don't say guitar hero. Cause it's a trademark term. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of fun. And then you stop and you like get him down from the bed and he, um, you know, basically tells you, I, yeah, let's talk, but first get a soda for me. I want a soda. Um, so I, I, does that happen either way? I don't know. Yes. yes. Okay. So yeah, you leave the hotel room or the motel room to go get a soda. Cause there's a vending machine down the hall. And, you know, when you are putting the money in, you see, like, some of the lights flicker, and you're like, oh, that's weird, and, you like, you try to do it again, and then you hear, like, Daniel screaming, and you run back into the motel room, and all of the, like, lamps and pillows and random accoutrement around the hotel room are just 
being whipped around in a whirlwind around Daniel as he's screaming, watching the TV, as he's seeing a news report about how his dad was killed. Um, and then you get a scene where you're trying to basically like walk towards him without getting hit and like convincing him to calm down and calm down. And Daniel, you know, screams at you and tries to push you away when you get close because you lied to him and you lied to him. And why would you do that? Um, and eventually he does calm down and, you know, the room stops having a tornado inside of it basically and then you, know, you get a scene where daniel is basically crying into your shoulder telling you that his dad's dead and that you should never lie to him again and makes you promise not to lie to him again and you have the option this was a, a an option that i felt like should have been a more pronounced choice um it should have been like gray screen i feel like because it felt important where you can either tell daniel that you won't ever lie to him again or that you will try your best um and... well i think the mechanic there is why it wasn't a gray screen is i think the there's two separate choice mechanics going on here i think there's daniel specific mechanics or daniel specific choices and then there's like world choices do you know what mm -hmm. i mean and i think this is a big daniel choice and i think the gray like you know what would you what will you do is kind of yeah. like based on what's happening in the world. But I get what that's you're fair. saying. That's, I, I don't think that's it was presented though. that well, but I think that's more so like story mechanics, what's going on. Yeah. And I, I mean, I elected to promise that I'll never lie to him again. I don't yeah. know what you did. Like you and like, I think it was like 80 or 90% of people also. Said, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it just feels like, is that what you did too? Yeah. 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 I mean, that it, it feels like what you say in that moment, even though I know that I'm going to end up not having properly done that i'm probably gonna right. end up lying to him in one of the other episodes um, but you know he calms down and then the next scene you get is a little epilogue on the bus where you're you know you took the money that brody gave you and you bought a bus ticket ostensibly to as close to the border as you can get to try and get to puerto lobos which is in um, somewhere on the coast of mexico and mm -hmm. you know daniel asks you to tell him a story um you have like a really short conversation about how he's not a freak he's just a little bit different um, and then he asks you to tell him a story and you mention how you're not as good at telling stories as dad was, but you'll go for it anyway. And then you proceed to tell him a story about how, you know, there were a happy wolf family, but their dad got killed by a hunter. And then the two brother wolves were on their own and went on a journey, um, which, you know, obviously allegorical for what's going on in the story. Also, like, I don't know. That's not the story I'd have chosen to tell yeah. Daniel. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Can we, dad like, died. Let's, let's. <laughs> Can we like, hey Dan? Can we just like, Sean? Can we back off from the dead dying dad? Yeah. Can we move we on just, to like a different story? That would just be awesome. any other story. I get it. You're not as good as telling stories, but you don't need to open with, "Hey, remember three days ago when our dad got shot?" Like yeah. that's not. Yeah. And then he um, like falls asleep to that story, which is weird. Yeah. But I mean, I I still it's a it's a very nice moment, and I think it the is. scene is framed really well, and I think I definitely get what they're going for, and I do think they landed it, um, and that's the end of the episode, and it it I think the ending worked, and I am very curious to see what happens, given that like, you know, all of the original Life is Strange and all of Before the Storm took place in this small Bayside town. And, like, you've just started in Seattle and now are leaving Oregon on a bus to go south. And I think it's really interesting the, the breadth of areas we're going to get to see in this game. Uh, yeah, so we can we can get into some, maybe some larger discussions here. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about that final sequence there? It's kind of cut and dry. Um, um, 
No. I mean, Cut really. and Dry makes it sound like straightforward and bad, but it, it was. I yeah, think no, it was one it of was... the better sequences in the game. But yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Um, so let's get through a little bit here. Let's start with the question that we got from a Reddit user so that we don't hey. forget to do it at the end of the freaking podcast. Thank you. Blank. <laughs> yeah. So this comes from Reddit user EBJ1990, um, you, who EBJ wanted to know our thoughts on how Lila will be used in the rest of the game, the rest of the series, um, and kind of how her character will play a role. Um, which is definitely something I wanted to talk about because I do like her character. I, I think in the very little we've gotten of her, mm-hmm. I wanted to see more of her. Um, do you think we will, though? I don't know. And that's kind of the concern here is I, I am afraid that we won't. I'm afraid that her character will maybe like get a, a guest appearance in episode three on a phone call or something like that. And and the Reddit user did mention you know being interested in how um, like TV and the internet and, and kind of technology in general could play into this. Um, I hope we get more of her, even if it's just like you contact her once or twice an episode and she becomes kind of like a confidant and a, you know, like a, a person on the other side. Yeah. Like somebody who you can go to for advice, but I just don't know. Like, I don't I know believe... where this game's going and I don't know how she comes back into it. I honestly believe that we, will see her come back i think it would be strange for them to not touch back on her mm-hmm. in some way and i hope it's it's either going to be that like really small amount of like cameo in like the third fourth or fifth episode or she's going to be a major part of you know how the story rolls around and it would be so like fascinating what a what a fucking crazy hook would it be to like see her at one of the end of these chapters like actually in person like i fucking found you i'm taking you home like some wild shit like that like (laughs) god that'd be so insane and i would i would like to see them do something kind of i don't want to say like crazy with her character like have her character be crazy but more like Mm -hmm. something super unexpected with her because i think she's such a good um she's got she she can be molded into something really interesting as well yeah yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I the reason I'm having trouble picturing how her character comes back into this game is I just don't know. Like I don't know where it's going. I genuinely don't know what episode two will look like. I don't know what episode three will look like. And yeah. I you know previously I at least had an idea of how the characters could stay in there, but it it really does seem like they're going out of their way to leave behind that entire thing, right? And I do think it would be really effective if Lila was just not in the game anymore. I think that would be, like, it would be powerful as just a, you know, symbolic idea of, hey, everything that you knew was gone. But this is kind of um, leads into another point that I want to talk about, and the reason that I do think we'll end up seeing her, I do think she'll end up making a cameo probably, like, episode three or so, is that this game has an incredibly shallow pool of characters, compared to right? the previous ones like yeah. i the character that you really like gets killed in 20 minutes then the you know other character who is interesting is you just don't see her again you talk to her for you know two minutes at the very end um outside of that the only characters that have any sort of staying power are sean and daniel right like brody mm-hmm. you'll probably meet again is my thing like his I... entire character is built to travel i think it would be weird not to see him again but yeah, I find it 
less likely for some reason. I see communications happening with him, but I see it less likely that we'll actually like okay see him it's again. But maybe I'm interesting. wrong. Um, I felt like you probably would just because his character has such an easy way to get back to wherever you are. You know, that's true. That's true. And I think it's interesting because I touched on it lightly by saying, "Oh, there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of bear stuff around here." And Life is Strange 1 played around a lot with animals and maxing does a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe Rachel or uh, Chloe, something with birds. I don't remember exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> something with fucking birds. I don't know. Um, but I kind of like what they're doing here with the like animal representation more than the first one. And I love how like, like they're wolves and like they're running in this pack and they're kind of like they're not you know they're not social am- animals and like except for each other and it's so kind of it works in a really well a really good way other than the you know the last game where I'm like this is kind of just feels tacked on for some reason and I'm not sure why but this feels very like representational and it's really cool and you know like Hank is the bear watch out for the bears you know what I mean like yeah. He's gonna fucking get you. Um, <laughs> don't feed him. I don't, don't know what not that one means. Feed Hank. <laughs> Actually, he's just he's way overweight. He's got health issues. Don't feed him. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I I tend to agree. I think I'm in danger of agreeing completely just because I think you're selling the um selling the metaphors that were delivered in the first game a little bit short. I do think some of the um, animal metaphors worked out relatively well in that game, but it is yeah. very much more at the center of this, right? I mean, like, Sean's wearing a sweatshirt the entire game that just says squad in front of a picture of a wolf. Like, yeah. It's, it's very It's a little much, bit forward. That one's on the nose a little bit, but they're, yeah. you know, I think it works with the idea they're going with. And, like, the loading screen and the choices, like, little indication is two, like, a big wolf and a small wolf running together. And I really do like that. So I think I think it's interesting, I guess, to kind of get back to the original point, how much a different path they're going, right? How much yeah. more they want this story focused on the relationship between these characters in the world in which they exist, as opposed to the relationship between this larger group of characters. And um, I think they're doing a good job at making you feel very isolated by doing that. You don't feel like you're going to continue seeing and building a relationship with these characters. You feel like they're just going to be set pieces for which the main characters have room to grow based off of. For sure. Except for Mushroom. Mushroom will be here forever. Holy shit. Okay, the bear thing is one of two things. It's a metaphor for Hank. Or, or, Mushroom is going to fight off a bear. Oh my god. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So I wanted to bring something up here about the choices in this game, because for me, and, you know, we're trying not to tread too much on comparing the first game to the second game, but it's going to happen. And Mm. I believe this is in a lot of choice-based adventure games is I think there's a lot existing now that's like, make sure you select the right things now because it's going to come back to bite you five episodes later. And for me personally, I didn't feel that at all. And I kind of like it. I kind of, I kind of like it. There's obviously some establishing things we're doing with Daniel to kind of like shape him in the way that, you know, we want to or however that happens. But it feels less like the choices you make in the world 
don't feel as like they're gonna come around to bite you in the ass later or like this is going to be important later for you um and i don't know how you felt about that so i wanted to ask you yeah i i definitely did get a lot of that same feeling of i don't think this is terribly impact like nothing felt like i could see how this comes back to me nothing felt like i could see how this is a long-term choice that i'm making and i i didn't mind that so much i think that'll probably happen more um and again not to harken back to comparisons but i I think in episode one of life is strange there wasn't as much that felt impactful right like you made choices about whether or not to lie to the principal which you know in the grand scheme of things was tiny um so I do think they'll probably ramp up later into the game, but I I did kind of like the like laid back nature of it, not feeling like every choice I was going to make was life and death, and instead just kind of pushing those choices off into like smaller ones with how you interact with Daniel and how you spend your money. I think um, that was a good direction for them to take, at least in this episode when they didn't want yeah. to set anything like well, that. Well, there's like big. shit like, and this one wasn't a big one, but it's like, did you water the plant? Uh oh, you didn't water the plant. That's a bad choice. <laughs> It's like fuck. This is menial. This is trivial. That, <laughs> um, but it, like, it's just it always feels man. like there. There's always these like hidden like choices where it's like this is really like you're not gonna see this one coming. Like it didn't feel like any of those, which I I can respect. Yeah, um, we're running a little bit short on time, but there's definitely a few other things I want to talk about. Um, I think. The thing that maybe struck me the oddest at this one is the way in which they kind of address the supernatural element, which is to say the way that they don't address the supernatural element. Um, And I don't know how you felt about that. Like, I don't know if you got the same sort of discord that I was feeling. Unsatisfying answer. Okay. It's okay. (laughs) I don't know. It seems alright. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it works fine and i don't feel like it's amazing in any way shape or form but like i just i kind of don't care about it right now you know Mm -hmm. how do you feel about it i don't love the way that it was not addressed at all um and i think based on the little short teaser we're gonna get a lot more of this in episode two but i don't buy sean not knowing or questioning what happened with daniel the only way i could buy it is if he already knew that this was something that could happen um but it just seems like we're getting these crazy things that like any normal sane person would be like what the what just happened what is going on yeah but sean just doesn't like we don't even get a piece of inner monologue where he says like i don't know what happened or daniel did something crazy or anything like that I think it'll come up in episode two. I think it will for sure. They wanted to have that conversation, but they didn't have time in the first episode. Uh, so it does feel stunted, but, and I, I'm a firm believer if it didn't, you know, like if it didn't happen on camera, it didn't happen and you can speculate, but it just didn't happen. Uh, but there's a high possibility that like, I mean, our scene ends with us hugging Daniel and, in that scene, I understand, like, you not being like, what the fuck? What kind of supernatural freak are you being? It's more like, the only thing I care about is comforting my little brother. So, like, you know, because, you did, you know, we just lost our father. Yeah. But we don't know what happened after that. And that conversation could have happened. But I, again, if it didn't happen on screen, it 
It kind of yeah. or it wasn't mentioned. It didn't really happen. And you um, know that like that conversation has to have at least started just based on the way that they begin, you know, the bus ride with Daniel asking if he's, you know, a freak or anything like that. Yeah. But you, you I definitely get the impression you, that nothing you, happened in earnest, you know. Did you want to see that? Like I I don't know. I think I think we kind of also kind of contrary to what I said, it's like we kind of already know how that conversation might happen and it's not really interesting. You know, I if I don't have to see that conversation, right, I can buy that conversation happening somewhere else and it just changing the dynamic of their relationship. But I can't buy them not addressing it or having it impact the story in any way. I can't buy them not having some thoughts or feelings about it or like them at least alluding to it. Right. It just feels like this big thing happened and then they just refused to acknowledge it. Yeah. And like even being generous and assuming that Sean didn't understand what happened because he blacked out immediately, which they do sort of make an allusion to he, there's no part in any of the dialogue that I got where he just is like questioning what happened and why he woke up and there was just destruction all around him, but his little brother was fine. Like, I wanted at least something that alluded to the fact that, yeah, we recognize and, like, Sean as a character recognizes this but can't focus on it right now because he has more important things, and we just didn't get that at all, I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's interesting. I, I'm i going to hold my any other opinions until I see the second episode because I just think it's... Oh, it's gonna important. Come Something is coming up in the second episode. Of course, yeah. So I'm gonna close that one in sake of in lieu of time, etc. And mm. I think move on to maybe our last our last question here. Um, so we touched upon this. We we've been peppering it through our entire conversation of this, but I think now that we have all the set pieces here, um, we can kind of talk about how you know how race everything that has been is represented through this whole game and kind of like how you feel this political direction is going for you or working for you and kind of like the cast of the you know the different race characters specifically maybe uh the white ones because we're white so we can talk about it (laughs) is that how that works (laughs) yeah basically um Yeah, I mean, just broadly kind of addressing that whole thing and the political awareness that this game seems to carry with it compared to um, its predecessors. I, It works for me quite a bit. Yeah. I think typically because it, you know, tends to align with my political leanings. Um, and I just, I also like that if they're going to tell a story and have it set in this day and age, it can't, like, you can't sidestep that, right? Like, and this has yeah. been... Uh, this is a huge road to go down, so I don't want to do it because we don't have time in this podcast, but there has been a lot of discussion lately, especially in games media um, and games journalism about like, can video games be apolitical and having things like the, you know, one of the creative leads on the division Two say like, Oh, the game's not political, even though it's about a destroyed Washington DC. And like, right. I, I think that I respect and think that you almost have to have a game that at least if it doesn't necessarily have something to say it is not just deaf to what is going on around it if you're going to set the game in 2018 um and i appreciate that and you know they they pepper in small things you know one of your texts with lila you know specifically references like the i think it was october 16th debate or october 20th debate which was the final 
um, debate between Trump and Hillary Clinton before the election. Um, so they like they're very clearly alluding to it, right? Like they know what's going on, they know what they're doing, um, and I think having the game focus on a cast of characters that's not white is an important step in that because I was thinking today, I don't remember, like, there were no characters in Life is Strange or before, or Life is Strange 1 specifically that were not white that had, like, any sort of an important role to play, right? Like, there was Principal Wells, but, like, he fell off in importance so hard after the first episode, and really the only thing he did was kind of become an asshole. So, like, yeah. That was it. And like before, the storm was a little bit better about it, you know, because you had side plots of characters of color that were more interesting. Um, but I think this was a huge shift for them, and I think that they um, handled it well. And I think the cast of white characters that they have are very like, like I said earlier, the cast of characters that they have is, is shallow. So I think that a lot of the characters are just trying to be an idea more than they are a character. Yeah, and I think I, that they do that with these characters but go on there because i've been talking a lot that's okay i think i like brody and i Mm. I, and i think hmm, let me let me double check i'm thinking i'm gonna say this correctly (laughs) as it is so important um i'm like part of me is almost worried that i'm like did was did Brody was Brody white because like we kind of needed to be thrown a bone, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> was he the not all white guys character? Yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of how I felt about him. Where I'm like, and at the same time, I'm like, no, he's just like a good dude though. And like the game really fucking needed a good dude. Like whether or you know, girl, whatever, they needed a good person in this mm-hmm. in this fucking world because like even like geographically, it said something where it's like, oh. All people in this area are fucked up. Like yeah. <laughs> they're really mean spirited people. Um, but like I don't know. It felt like every character up to that point who was white was like I mean, I guess the the female clerk was fine. She was okay, but she was also very like She was subservient to her husband and didn't like not trusting and she was, you know she was a nothing character, really. Yeah. Like she had twenty lines of dialogue maybe. Yeah, um, and so I, part of me is like, man, Brody was only in here and white because, like, we needed a white character that's like, oh, well, you know, we're not all that bad, which is, you know, true. It's true. But, mm-hmm. like, damn. I don't know. I, <laughs> How'd you feel so about it? <laughs> I, I think that's really interesting, and this was one of those things that I was like, I don't know if I want to talk about this because I am in over my depth, but I do... um. That was my initial reaction, too, specifically when Brody, like, is still there and drives you away, right? And is, like, gives you a lot of advice. And this was the only part that, like, struck me a little odd is the way that he brings, like, this white sage advice from the guy who has his life together, like, to the young people of color is, like, it's, like, really edging toward a gross trope. But I think that they don't actually go there. I think Mm -hmm. that they... They have. I think it's so like, close. Yeah, I think the difference is that Sean has enough agency on his own to know what he is doing and what he wants to do, and Brody just gives him, like, he doesn't give him direction; he gives him advice. Yeah, and I think that is like 
for me was the deciding thing. It is, it's like really close and I'm still on the fence about how I feel about that. Um, but I do like that the only good white character that we meet is like this traveling blogger who's given up life as it is and comes from a rich family and that's why he can do this. Yeah, he is like the incarnation of Portland in a person. And I, I think that's okay. He's, like, got that, like, dad bod and the fucking big yeah. bushy beard, and he's got, like, glasses <laughs> yeah. and shit. He's just, like, he's such a fucking, you know what? This is hipster. This is just, this is just token hipster bullshit, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is what's fucked up in Life is Strange, too. It's a <laughs> poor representation of hipsters. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. Come on, don't <laughs> nod. God. And as a last point, I will say... That, like, classifying these characters by their race feels, like, dirty in a way. Where I'm like, ugh. I don't like talking about the characters like this. You know what I mean? I get it. I get it that it needs to... It's, like, necessary because that's kind of what's driving a lot of this plot. But, like, in a way, I'm like, ugh. I don't know. I I kind of hate this sometimes. I understand that feeling. And I. it's so hard to know when you're trying to like strike that balance between like okay how much like i want to make sure i'm giving this character agency and not you know defining him by the race that they chose to make him but also i you know this game is coming with an idea of the story it wants to tell right this game is not like oh we just made it about a latino family because we wanted to and this just you know we rolled a dice and this is what it came out like no they (laughs) they, they rolled the race dice (laughs) yeah like they very clearly want to tell a story about you know uh, people of color in america in this time and like this family and their travel across you know ostensibly america i don't know how i don't know exactly where they're gonna end up but the reason that i feel comfortable like doing that is because this is such a political game as it currently stands and it it has a point to make and i feel like if if we were to talk about these characters and say we don't care about the race of the characters not only do i think that's a very like you know 2000 sort of argument like i don't see color which like i'm not applying that to what you said because i know you you think that's stupid um but i think that it would be doing the creators of the game a disservice because i think they they want you to be aware and they want you to kind of couch all of that in the atmosphere of of the world at the time yeah i don't want to like cover my ears and be like no 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 (laughs) but like you know it's just sometimes i'm like he's just a you know he's just a person yeah, but I don't want to like degrade him down to that. So, but yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, we need to we need to end the recording. Yeah, we, we do need to do that. Hey, if you stuck out with us for this long, thank you. You're such a good friend of ours for listening to our bullshit for this long. If you want to listen to more of our bullshit, you can hear us at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. All of those are valid options, and more, and more. Just Google it. Um, we have a Twitter that's thoughts from P1 or at thoughts from P1 mm-hmm. or Twitter tweet at us, like us, you know, do something, follow us. Um, we have an email that is thoughts from P1 at gmail.com. It's you can send us thoughts from player one. At Whoops. Gmail.com. <laughs> Whoops. Thoughts from player one at gmail.com. Send us a question. Let us know what you thought about the podcast. If you want to, you know, really help us out, we'd appreciate an iTunes review if you liked it. Um, you know, leave your thoughts there. If you didn't like it, you know, just be a good guy. Just don't leave a thing, you know? <laughs> or just tell us. Just give us a direct message as to why 
you didn't like it. And then we'll hopefully be able to fix it for you. You'll probably yeah. never listen again, but we'll take it to heart. I promise. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. All we have right. a Facebook, too. We do have a Facebook. You just search Thoughts from Player One on Facebook. And we'll have an Instagram at some point, but we don't yet still. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to that's gonna do it. We'll, we'll, again, try and get the next episode up pretty shortly after it launches, but mm-hmm. we don't have a date for that yet. So yep. And we'll, we'll, we'll ask for questions sooner. Because um, yes. I, I love, I actually really enjoy having some questions. And to the other person who asked if we'll play that other game, that is yeah, life the is strange. Farewell episode of the life farewell is episode. Sure, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it Fuck at some it. point. There's a plethora of really interesting stuff that we've been wanting to play lately, so we just haven't kind of had to go back to that. Um, but it is definitely something it's we've discussed, and we'll we'll probably do in the next I don't know six months or whatever. It's on my hit list. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I'll kill it. Kill it with my <laughs> words and thoughts. All right, we got right. we gotta go. Take us out, Duncan. All right. That's all the... Oh, I got it. Okay, all right. (laughs) That's all the chicken broth and the chili pot. See ya. See ya. Oh, I totally forgot. Fuck yeah.